Yeah, and you know, we've been we've been really at each other these last couple episodes too, like just going for it, which has been fun. Yeah, um, you, you better qualify that. <laughs> well, you know, we've been, <laughs> that sounds so wrong. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high-performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here, my co-host as always, my partner as always, James Schramko. You're not just a co-host, you're a partner. How are you, man? I'm going well. How are you? I'm good, man. I struggled a little bit with the opening to the show. Um, But that's all right. I stuck to it. (laughs) Now, we've got an interesting episode title. Uh, You might have to explain this to me, but it's uh, Stick to itiveness. Stick. Something like that. Stick to itiveness. Stick to itiveness. Stick to itiveness. You know, it's a word that a lot of people have not heard, but it is so relevant, as we'll get into right now. Uh, Maybe that's because it doesn't exist. Oh, it's real. This one is real, believe it or not. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm not going to believe it on face value. I'm going to Google it. Go Google it right now. Well, there you go. It's real, man. This is is the the real deal. I don't. It really is. It's in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Dogged perseverance, tenacity from the phrase stick to it. First known use, 1867. Well, I stand corrected. This is old school English, baby. So let's talk about it. What stick is, is it's the opposite of the magic easy button you say everywhere. It's what we're talking about, what James just said, dogged perseverance, tenacity. Stick to is a much more valuable skill than pure talent. Pure talent will get you in the door and it will get you to a certain level at whatever you're trying to do. But when it comes to reaching a level of success in any endeavor, you got to have stick And it's great if you have both, but in a way, stick is your talent for being talented. You know, people talk about have, uh, other people have talents for being talented, so they're just good at anything. Well, stick is really what does that. So, stick what is it? How are you leveraging it? How is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. So, it's more or less persistence. Pretty much. <laughs> that would have been such an easier, <laughs> such an easy title. All right, I've got some thoughts on persistence. This will be a really interesting episode. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. And and you know, what happens is when when you're faced with a problem, instead of giving up at the first sign of difficulty or resistance, you you look at it and you see the steps that need to be taken to reach your goal to fix the problem, and then you go about doing them yourself. You don't wait for someone else to fix your problem. Doing it yourself is stick to And I'm not saying that asking for help is bad, but asking for help is a, it's a good thing, but there's a difference between asking for help and giving up and wanting other people to do your work for you. So here's an example of that. I used to work at the yoga studio, right? This yoga studio, I told you about the hot yoga studio, and I was the manager, and they had this software. I think we've talked about this on a past episode. Definitely. I, I remember I was in the Philippines when we recorded it for right. some reason. I, I've associated the heat with the Bikram yoga. <laughs> with the hot yoga studio? Well, we've talked about Bikram yoga a lot because it was such a big part of my past and life. And because but- it's part of my current life with my brother-in-law. I just opened his second yoga studio, and... They do dynamic yoga, which is not as hot as Bikram, and there's a whole other story there. Someone went to the class and then complained that it wasn't hot enough because they were trying to compare it to something that it's not even the same. Ah, yes. When you get the, when you, yeah, I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah, so we had an interesting discussion, my sister and I, about how to handle that particular incident. Is your sister (laughs) managing the studio? She, well, she's pretty much the boss of everything. And uh, including Manu, <laughs> but she's um, yes, yeah, she's very good at setting up these stores and running all the computers and training the staff. She's a phenomenal success with that, and Manu is the talent. But that's probably got nothing to do with your story. But I just wanted to dive in there. Yeah. Well, it does. It does. She probably has stick to Now, the, I was the manager at this studio and had this software that they used to manage all these fitness clubs called Mind Body Online. And what I did was I read the manual so I could know how to use it because you have like 80 people coming at you in this little 15-minute window and they all want towels and they all want coconut water and do not 
trying to keep a hot yoga student away from their coconut water is a disaster. They want hair bands and they've got, you've got to ring all these things up into this system in that little 15-minute window. So I read the manual for this system and I learned how to use it. It was pretty straightforward. But after I'd done that, I was held in such high regard within this company because I'd learned how to use this system. And they, they would like pay me extra to send me down to other studios to train other managers on how to use it who all had the manual. But that's when I first realized that people really want you to do stuff for them, even if they have all the tools right there in front of them. So if you can be that person, if you can be the one with the stick to if you can be the one who's willing to put that little bit of extra work in, you'll find yourself being very highly sought after. So I guess the moral of, of what I'm saying here is that people often don't trust their own ability to learn. And when they do, when they do that, when they don't trust their own ability, they sell themselves sh- short. They, they sell themselves short and they say that they can't before they even tried. And this may sound kind of corny, but the message I want to get across in this episode is that you can. You're amazing. You're the, you're the right. You have everything you need. You're smart enough. You're good looking enough. You're the right color. You're talented enough. You really can do it. You've just got to stick to it. Now, that, <laughs> that was pretty corny, but, but that's really true. And, you know, in the words of, uh, of, of the great Rocky Balboa, uh, who is a fictional boxer in America. Well, hang on, so you're going to bring forward the quote section to now? Well, no, no, this is just, uh, well, I mean, we've got our quotes too. <laughs> we, we, we really have gone downhill with the quotes when we're quoting uh, a lot of actors these days. But go on, roll it out, well, this, give us some more of a genius. Well, here's what did what he, he say? Uh, yeah, you barely understand uh, Sylvester Stallone. But basically, he said, <laughs> That's how winning is done. And I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a, he said, that's how winning is done. I'm going to put a, a link to the YouTube video where it's like, it, it, he came back. I think it's like Rocky 35. He's like 70 years old. And he came back and he did a, another Rocky movie. And he did this, like this, there's a point in the movie where it reaches a crescendo and he's talking to his son and he's giving his son like, you know, the speech. And essentially what he's telling his son is, is to not give up. And um, it's a really hilarious uh, uh, I post a YouTube video on this episode, but it's a hilarious little two-minute clip because you know you're kind of laughing at him because of how funny he sounds. But the message that he's trying to get across in his like gibberish and um, really thick accent is that uh, is you know don't give up. <laughs> That's it. That could have been the episode to date. Don't give up. You know, there's sometimes you really should give up. Well, sometimes uh, yes. I'm not saying don't give up. I'm saying don't give up before the magic happens. Right? Like don't give up. Because, you're, because you think you can't do it or because you're lazy or because you don't want to take the time to read the manual. Yeah, well, I think there's – it comes down to the reason why, I suppose. If you're just lazy and you want everything done for you, then, that, then what you've been talking about is fantastic. But if you don't possess the talent or you're heading in the wrong direction, sometimes persistence or stick to is just going to kill you faster. I, I agree. I think you can stick with a bad thing for a long time. And look, you've got to have common sense to know when's the time to like bail on something. But the point here is that most people... But that's the, that's the challenge. You think about a lot of people like starting out in their business. They're told uh, by most people, most, most advice say, do something, take action, take action. You know, just keep going, push through. But they don't have a clue where they're going. They don't have a clue what they're capable of and they don't really know that they're, what they're working on is actually even going to work and that's where it gets really hard to make a decision. I was speaking to someone earlier today and they've been persisting with this particular market, with a particular model for months now and I just said, you know what, I really don't know what to say in this scenario. I think we've tried almost all the options and at some point we have to make a decision is it feasible or likely that this will work? Is there any example of anywhere in the world where someone's made this work? And if not, then maybe this isn't the great innovation that it started out to be. You know, I think I know exactly uh, the reference. I know what you're referring to, um, who you're referring to. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, look, if you're not if, – if, if there is no roadmap to success, if no one has ever been successful in that market or in that business model, if you don't have a clear, you know – if you if you can't see your own success, well, you know, hey man, it's time to bail. But I think, well, and the reason why I'm so on this, but that's where it's so that's where it's so hard. You know, 
someone had had to be the first for most things. Someone had stick to itiveness when they got in a boat and started sailing the seas and finding new lands. So there's that. I think hope is probably a, a word that would come up here. Hope is what drives stick to itiveness. I, I guess that that things are going to be okay, that things will work out, because. Um, we get all these platitudes and quotes about how everything we've got now is because of the decisions we made in the past and so that's like a Covey quote. And um, there's another philosophy that you know that all beginnings are hopeful. But at what point do you say, well, hang on, sticking to this is going to take take me uh, out of my game. It's going to use up all my energy reserves. It's like I'm walking further away from the watering hole without even knowing that I'm on a certain route to failure. Uh, so, really interesting topic. What, what? How do we? How do we work out what are good choices or not? You know, I think what I'm. I think I'm coming at this from a little bit different perspective than you are. You're saying, "Hey, man, how do people choose when to be done with something?" And what I'm saying, and well, let's have that conversation in just a second. What I'm saying is, "Hey, don't bail before you've even tried. Like, don't give up on yourself." Most people, and I'm experiencing this now because I've released this course. I have 3,500 students going through this system uh, of how to build a, a business. It's a business opportunity course. This one I've created and and sold. And so the so okay. So the main thing is that someone's been there before, and it can be modeled out. Same way that I work out. Uh, how people are going to be successful. I use a, one, a single pro, single linear progression technique you know, of process creation. Start where you are, figure out where you want to be, build the train tracks from one, one step to the, the second step, then to the next, to the next, to the next, till you get to the end. And because someone's already been down that path, we know the process, it's usually just a case of sliding along from station to station until you get there. And that's what you've done with the course. You've already built e-commerce stores. I mean, you did one right before your course. You've built so many of them that you know all the stations along the way and you can lay out the tracks for people. And they then, I agree, stick to stick to itiveness. And, and people are still bailing is what I'm saying. Like They're like, hey, I tried to find a market for a day. It <laughs> didn't work out. What do I do? Like what do I do now? Train. I'm the train is now? on the tracks with the coal and they give them the shovel and say, push this in the coal and tip it in the furnace and the thing will move forward. And they're like, oh, I've got blisters. You know, it's, I think it comes down to fundamentally they don't believe in their own ability and that's kind of sad. And I just want to say, hey, you can do it. Like you really can. You're good enough. You know, you're good looking enough. It doesn't matter. All these things that people think they aren't, they really are. I don't think it's that they don't believe in their ability. I don't think they have a big enough reason why. Well, that's an interesting take on it. Well, it, it's like starts with why. why. They probably bought – there is some sort of evidence that when someone buys a course, they associate the, that with the success that the course promises because they're joining up that sales copy. And by handing over the credit card, they're transferring that sales copy, all that hope and the success that is translated in the sales message. They transfer the money and then there's the exchange, but they leave out that – well, they, they miscalculate the amount of effort involved. Right. Well, you know – Back to the topic of how do, pe how do people make a decision on when to give up, when to move on. I think this one is tough because you, you get, you, people tend to get emotionally involved in projects that they've been doing for a while, my, I, myself included. And I think that it's interesting when you don't have that roadmap, right? Because for the, for the most part, when you're just getting started, let's say in, in the business building um, realm, right? Because that's what we talk about a lot is how to build businesses. When you're just getting started building your first business, you're probably copying some model somewhere. But once you've had some successes, like right now, like you, like me, we're kind of innovating and doing things that may not have been done in this way before. And we feel confident because we've had that level of success. And now it's kind of just like a gut feeling. Well, but I think we, we might think we're innovative or whatever but the reality is probably it's all been done hundreds of years before it when i think about my great grandfather he had gold and silver mines in other countries he would go to russia buy a land plot and sell it in the united states he went to japan and to india and the uk and then he founded the golden uh he had lots of gold and silver mines but then he founded the sydney stock exchange and lived on this huge land in in a rich suburb in Sydney, and now generations down the track, 
I'd say that my little websites in, in the cloud are the closest thing to online gold and silver mines that I go and visit and I trade and share and, and uh, build value in, in these virtual things that you can't, can't uh, see and touch so much because they're distant. But it was a long way on a boat back then with your paper collars and your inventory. It was gone. Yeah, it's a little, e- little easier now. It's a lot easier, but, uh, but also it's less tangible. So I think we're repeating cycles and you know, good sales, good copy, good follow-up, customer service, um, keeping yourself uh, in personal check, all those things are fundamentals and there's plenty of people bef- that have gone before us and uh, we're, just, we're maybe just remixing uh, stuff that's already been out there and that's sort of a, a core topic in my realm at the moment, realizing how much stuff has already been out there and already been done. We're just collaborating with with others and, and just reorganizing stuff that's, that already exists into new ways, like an artist. You know, I think it's so true that, that really everything kind of already is, everything is, everything has been done, everything has been said, Buddhism is, you know, all this stuff is um, being rehashed and reset in different ways. I, I do want to um, talk about how people beat themselves up. Now, at any given moment, you choose the best thing there is to choose. You make the best decision you can based on the information that you have at the time. And then at some later period, you have new information that you didn't have before and you look back on that decision and you think you made a bad decision. And this is where a lot of people stop and give up because they think they did it wrong and they think there's no coming back. But I think there's always coming back. I think you should break the rules. And an interesting side note on rules is that rules were originally made for survival reasons. So it's like don't wander off in the night back when we lived in a village. And, you know, babies don't know about survival. So they get to experience life without restriction. They, they, they do whatever feels good. They're sticking stuff in their mouths. They're, they're, they're touching whatever feels good, you know. And, and as we get older, we adopt these rules. But – but rules and laws are really against human nature. And if you want to know what people were like before rules and laws, just go read the laws. You go to the airport and you see the big signs like don't, you know, don't change your baby in the sink or whatever. You know, like, oh, no wang wang. Yeah, no wang wang. Like people, and then you have people judging themselves as wrong because there's some rule that says they are. But you're not wrong. There's this idea that like people come into the world inherently sinful, wrong, and that like we need all these rules that will limit. Oh, this is like Google. If Google say don't do this or don't do that, that's their rules. And then some people, uh, you know, don't want to step out of line because that's Google's rule. It's like some martial law that you will get arrested, locked up for the rest of your life if you cross that line. Yeah. Yeah, and people. It's only important if you want to play on their playground. Exactly. Then you should respect their rules if you want to do well with them. However, they're not mandated legal rules that are going to control your life. It's just a choice you have to make around and that. And look, you've got to fit into society. And, you know, but hey, I just want to say that your urges are okay, man, whatever they are. And guilt is like this recreational emotion. It's something that you do when you're bored. You review your life and you judge your decisions and then you feel bad about it. And that's what I see. People look at something that they did in the past. They think they screwed it up because they made the decision, the best decision they could make at the time. And then they bail on whatever future endeavor because they think that they're lame from something that happened in the past. Wow, I haven't heard that explained before, but I'm glad you did. I think that's going to help a lot of listeners, just like um, me, because I'm not exposed to this sort of information. So guilt is something you do when you're bored. It really is. And, and judging. So you've got to, got to go to get a PlayStation, get books, listen to music, keep yeah. yourself entertained. Yes. Be interested <laughs> in anything. Be in, get, attention is your biggest weapon, man. We did a whole episode on this, and all you have to do is put your attention on something, and all of a sudden life is good again. So just on that, where does meditation fit in with being bored? Well, meditation is an active – it's, it's, you are doing something. You are actively engaged in something. You may not be doing anything, maybe just focusing on your breath and breathing and meditating, but you're not sitting there thinking about how terrible you are because of – and feeling bad about it because of some stuff that happened – because some decisions that you made in the past with the best information you had at the time. I think that is a lame way to spend your time. I like that sort of philosophy that stuff in the past is irretrievable. Stuff in the future is yet to come. It's good to just make good decisions today so that you, you know, in the future sometime you've benefited from being on your game at the point where you could do something about it. Well, now we're back to the time episode where people think that they live in three times. They think they've got past 
present and future, but you're only ever remembering the past in the present moment or projecting the future in the present moment. So you don't have – those two times do not exist. You only have now. Huh. Well, I th- I, that, um, <laughs> man, that's you go, man. me out. All right, so – should we talk about stick We're totally off. We're like now. You wanted me to talk about um, building up a community. Yeah. Tell me about that. Because I think that it, well, here's the thing, man. And for, first of all, I was talking to a guy who uh, told me I was talking to a guy online about Silver Circle, telling him how awesome it was, and he said, "Yeah, man, it used to cost five ninety nine a month like four years ago or whenever it was," and that got me thinking. I was already thinking about this topic. Like, holy, like wow, you know, it really took something to. Build a community like Fast Web Formula, which is the best community in our within our community. It's the best forum, the best group of people, or in my opinion, the most valuable uh, community within our our greater um, online marketing community. And Silver Circle, I'm like, what did you have to do? What about the what are the hurdles and obstacles that you had to overcome to to get to where you are now, which is Fast Web Formula with hundreds of members. I I don't know, 800 members. Uh, Silver Circle with 50 some odd or whatever it is. You know, like. It's it's pretty incredible feat, frankly. It's, a, it's uh, it does require stick itiveness and the biggest hurdle is uh, the hurdle of yourself. <laughs> it's a mindset thing to be responsible for that many people and to continuously offer value is um, something you reflect on. And I quite often make changes because I feel that it's going to be benefiting the community. It's it's shifting from you to the group. Of basically, you're serving those people. And there have been hurdles. And there was at one point, I had Silver Circle set up in a slightly different way and I needed to pause it for a few months to reflect on how I could create a better scenario. And what I'd done is I'd had probably too many people on too many times, so I had four separate groups of 10 people. I had 40 people and it wasn't a very effective way of running it for me. I was burning myself out. It was too much. And also I had a lot of people replicating my own business model and literally cutting and pasting what I do and they, they felt that joining was a license to rip me off. Whereas I needed to get much clearer on what the point of it was for me and for them how I could structure it better. That's when I started the community, the forum, and then blended everyone into one larger group and then still had separate session times but made it optional for them. And it's become far more powerful in that environment. So by reconfiguring, when I came up to an objection, it allowed me to continue to do it. It allowed it to grow and, and to prosper and to become much more valuable to participants. And also I'm much clearer about the purpose, which parts I'm happy to help people with and and like you said in the beginning uh, I'm really really careful about the people who want me to do it all for them or who think they're coming just for me to transfer everything I've ever worked for in my entire life to them and they have to do nothing they really have to work along with me to help themselves now and because I've attracted those people with correct filtering it's a very powerful group people like you in there and me in there uh, it's a lot of fun as well you know, I think that's such a clear example of the essence. Now, we could use a lot of words to describe this. I thought stick to itiveness was a, a kind of a fun one. But essentially, what we're talking about is you're, you're attempting to get something done in your life or your business, and you run into an obstacle. What do you do at that point? That's really the question. You ran into this obstacle. You, t- you took the time. You thought about it. You came up with a, a, a potential workaround and then you tried that. Well, I turned obstacles and challenges into a question or a series of questions. Usually it's, uh, is, this, you know, is, is this thing consistent with where I'm trying to get to at all? Like, is it even worth putting the time and effort into considering if I should reconfigure it or not? Imagine that like a crashed car. Is it worth repairing or is it a write-off? Because if it's a write-off, just write it off. Get the payout. Buy a new one. It's sometimes just easier to do that. You um, know, and I don't, I don't think we've answered that question for people. When do they bail? I think that's a really difficult one. I think it's not one that you can really answer for someone else. Well, I think you, if you go back to how closely aligned to your reason why are you and um, how much knowledge do you have about you and the path that you're taking, if, if the knowledge is uncertain about the path, if the knowledge is uncertain about you, and if you're not really sure why you're doing it, 
then stick to itiveness could be uh, an unrequired talent. <laughs> but if you're very certain about why you're doing something, uh, like the great Rocky Balboa, <laughs> if you, <laughs> it's winning is done. If you, if you know the path has been trod by other people, uh, like your course, for example, like you know people have done it and been successful, then it's really and, and you know why you want to do it. You, you might have certain needs or whatever that you want to accomplish. Even even feeling better about yourself for accomplishing something could be the baseline need. Then stick to itiveness is what you got to dial in, and you just got to roll up sleeves. Uh, when when I was. 24 and my first child was arriving and I had to get a sales job and increase my income, like double it, that's when stick to was mandatory. I had no reverse gear as one of my mentors taught me. Formula One cars, no reverse gear. You, you fully forward, that's it. No choice. You can't back off. You've just got to find the edge and hang in for dear life. And that has definitely been a, a trait of mine. I am very persistent. I will stick to something when others give up because I know that it's rarefied atmosphere that, that the horse in front of the race has got clean air. The car in front of the pack's got clean air. The rider in the front of the, the race has clean air and if you do stick to it and you're on the right track, right? See, in those examples, the horse race, the car race, the bike race, there's a track. It's defined. Do you know what the goal is? There's an actual finish line. That's when stick to itiveness is a no-brainer. You know, and I think just like with anything, we are not telling you that this is right. Like we're not saying that stick to itiveness is positive or, or negative. Uh, yeah. We might have absolutely no idea. We're just two guys well, <laughs> having a chat. So, you know, take take from that. Well, I think want. we I mean, I, I'm willing to give myself more merit than that, but my point was that that what I want to describe is this phenomenon that that happens that has people achieve things. It's when they're persistent. It's when they keep going in the face of struggle. And there are times when keeping going in the face of struggle is a bad idea. Like James, you know, James is very good. You're very good um, at, at playing the devil's advocate and saying, hey, wait a minute, that may not be good in all circumstances. And I think everything, you know, everything is not, nothing is good in all circumstances. But the point is that this is one of those things that um, can be very effective for you if you're willing to use it. If you're actually willing to do the work it takes to leverage that trait in your life, you can uh, you can leverage it for good. And all of course, you know, it can also it can be bad. But um, anyways, that's really the emphasis of this episode. I think we've uh, we've we've now been off into philosophy for a while. So let's get into. And by the way, apparently these longer episodes are being well received yeah people are digging them man because i think we just really we just kind of go for it and uh and thank you listener and 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 thank you for commenting which we got so many good comments and people do you know what my theory is on this let's hear it well we've changed our routine and we now record on uh, tuesdays after my first silver circle call so in my case i'm warmed up and i've I've got gas in the tank In, in your case it's kind of the end of the day and you're probably a little bit looser and uh, relaxed and, and you're just jamming on. I think that's why the episodes go a little longer because we're far less disciplined <laughs> about timekeeping. But we're, having, we're diving into these discussions with a bit of meat. Yeah, and you know, we've, been, we've been really at each other these last couple episodes too, like just going for it, which has been fun. You, um, you better qualify that. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. It does. Well, no, I mean, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. We're not into that kind of party, but we don't. We think that's all cool, and and you can get after, you know, that's we support that party. We're just not. if you if you want an example of how Ezra and I um, get on, then have a look at the video we put up on our products page for our Hawaii retreat, where we would we were mucking around a little bit on the the camera, and I I laugh when I watch that back. It was that was typical of. Our interaction. You know, that might be the best video I've ever recorded. It was so good. It was so natural. It was so smooth. If you just want to see a video that I've, in my, you know, in my limited knowledge of what, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of video, but uh, I just really think it's, it's a phenomenal video. And, and we'd also love you to come to Hawaii with us on September 13th through 15th. The dates have changed, ladies and gentlemen. It is now September 13th through 15th. 
of 2013 coming up in a couple months here on the north shore of oahu hawaii watch the the video on the um, thinkactget.com forward slash products to find out all about it it's gonna be really fun yeah and if ezra hasn't visited the page lately there'll probably be an order button there yeah exactly. <laughs> i'd broken it at one point i just kind of stay out of there now uh, I, uh, it's just not that's not my jam. Um, well, let's get into news and updates. We'll get to the weekly willpower wager after this because we've already kind of started. So um, there's new videos from Fast Web Formula 4, the entire oh, event. All of them. Everything. Everything. The whole lot. Okay, because I wondered if my e-commerce video was in there, and it is. Um, I think you should check it out. I really enjoyed it. Um, we are accepting... Uh, voicemails through SpeakPipe. So hop on, give us a uh, you know, leave us a voice comment. We will play you on the air and answer your questions or respond to your comments. Um, I got to tell you, um, the the owner of SpeakPipe sent me an email the other day. He noticed that I changed how I'm using it on one of my sites. He sent me an email and just said, "Hey, I just noticed you changed this. If you could give me some feedback, how switched on is that?" Guy's an epic marketer, is what he is. He's he's Vladimir. I, he is smart. We, I told him we always mention him on this particular show. So um, he gets great. A, I mean, I think we, we have been responsible. I look at all of our listeners' sites, and we're they are all certainly using it. So um, I think that uh, that we have definitely trendsetters. Yeah, eh? man, we're yeah, giving some love. Um, no, I don't think we were the first people to use it either. Just quietly, but no, we, we certainly definitely weren't. We, but. we do mention it by brand name. That's something interesting to note. It's, it's not. We're not saying you know leave a voice message using the little widget on us. We're actually mentioning it by brand, and that's a testimony to the the strength of how that company markets itself. It's it's made a very clear positioning thing there that's working in its favor. You know, I'm just going to move on to the next one because I agree with all of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Silver Circle is open, is it not? It's sort of. Yeah, by the time this is out, it's got to be damn close. Okay. If it's not. Yeah, just doing a few little things in the background, getting some nice stories from members about the successes they've had and I want to show them to people who are considering it so that they feel comfy about it. Sure. Always a good idea using testimonials and case studies of people who've been successful with the products that you are selling. Social proof is a very important um, well, I've never really used a lot of uh, testimonials. I've I've always used uh, proof from products, like just giving people previews, or in the products themselves. I use a lot of case studies. Case studies are awesome. I've been a little bit weird about people saying how awesome I am before. You got it. Um, so I haven't used the them. praise, brother. You are awesome. Well, you do a good I have, job. I have had some people uh, have significantly epic results that you know I'm actually proud of them. So I'm putting them up because I'm. I'm proud of what's been achieved by these people. You know, not not because I want to give myself a pat on the back. We should talk about that for a second because it can be tough. You know, too much acknowledgement will blow someone out. They will just not be able to handle. It. You acknowledge someone too much and they can't hang. We should have mentioned that in the acknowledgement episode. There is such thing as over acknowledgement. You've got to be paying attention well, to. It can seem insincere, or or um, I mean, I did pick up someone the other day. They were using excessive flattery. And it's it's kind of a you know they were just acknowledging things about me that that felt over the top and I'm like oh you know icky I felt icky about it it's like I feel like I'm being worked I feel like he's yeah totally reaching into my pocket sliding my wallet out opening it up and taking out hundred dollar notes and then just trying to put it back right in front of my face without me noticing it and I'm like dude. <laughs> Let's cut very, back on the a very cut back on the flattery here. Like it's it's fine. Interesting <laughs> uh, description of being overly acknowledged. But well, that's what they used. To, it's a car industry. It's like there were other ones that I won't share here. That uh, <laughs> uh, to the effect, well, make sure they use Vaseline or whatever. Oh, you know, but hey, but, now. But, I mean, yeah, look, lubricant I, is very I important. To, I learned I learned about um, about people who are time wasters. It the analogy was you might as well just reach in your pocket, take out some notes and just start ripping them up because that's what the guy's doing when they're going to talk to you for an hour and they have no intention of buying anything. They're completely wasting your time and time is money is what I thought back then but now I know that time is life. But in any case, if you think about, if you think your value is $1,000 an hour, then if someone wants to waste your time for an hour, you might as well just tear up $1,000 worth of notes right in front of your face as a metaphor for what they're doing for your nettle encourage you to wrap things up quicker i wouldn't actually tear up a thousand dollars but 
I mean, no, no, it's a, it's a good I said metaphor. metaphor. Okay, good. Okay, do, good. Do, I think it's even illegal to destroy currency. It is, I believe it is yeah. in, in the States, yeah. Um, it doesn't stop people. It's much harder to do here because the notes are plastic and they colorful. They are beautiful, too. I, I miss, you can't I rip miss them as them. easily. No, they're difficult. Yeah. You can cut them. And they have a hologram. Um, so one of the things that I, I do want to say you shouldn't, quickly. shouldn't cut them. No, don't cut them. They're beautiful. Um, <laughs> is... That it is okay to let people tell you when you've done good. It is okay to accept a certain amount of acknowledgement. Please check out the acknowledgement episode. I sw- that was the first time I swore in the whole Think Act Get history, and it was uh, my, one of my favorite episodes to date. So check that out. Silver Circle will be opening. Definitely check that out. My website, smartmarketer.com, just went through a big redesign. I used Greg Merrilies of, uh, of studio1.com.au, I believe, or studio, I can never remember, studio1design.com.au. And uh, he did our Think Act uh, Get t-shirts as well. He's a phenomenal designer. And I used ATL Web which is your company, James, to actually have the designs, the PSDs, sliced and coded over to WordPress. And you have phenomenal pricing, my friend. That is why I used you. I mean, of course, I know that you do epic work and all that stuff. We do but it because we're, we're cheap. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you're not cheap. You're not cheap. You're well-priced. I think it's a better way of saying it. Um, but yeah, so I'm using that, and, and that'll be up in a couple days. And man, I'll tell you what else. So I went and I bought the uh, package, right, to ha- you know, bought the hourly package on atlweb.com. Within like 24 hours, that was a clap, by the way. Within 24 hours, or within, I don't know, it was like six hours, the guy had emailed me, this guy Matt, said, Hey man, we got your package, you know, just make sure, you know, we got your request, here's what we need. Like, it was immediate response time. It was unbelievable. I was very happy about it because I want to, you know, keep, get that, get the ball moving. So, um, cool. I'll give you a tip too. Once, once the team have done the site, um, get them to customize your lead page to match the theme of the site because that has, increase my conversions on super fast business can they do that for me of course they can oh sweet dude i'll just tell them shrammy said to they did it for me <laughs> uh that'll be great i should just keep you know i should just keep some level of um package with them so i can always be having them do stuff um so also last piece of news is that my mastermind now has a name, which I think is very important. For six months or so, eight months, I don't know however long I've had this was, thing. Was it Smart Circle? It, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting. It happens to me so much. I swear to God. No, yes. It's the, uh, it's the, uh, it's the green circle. No. So, the, you know, it, I think you have to name things and that giving them – I name all my computers. I, na- I name things. I'm very big. I give people nicknames, you know, as you've noticed, Shrammy, Shrammels. Like I'm really into naming things and I think there's a personalization that happens when you name something and it creates a life of its own. It's just a very important thing to me to give things an identity, to give them a name. And for the life of me, I could not name this mastermind group. I had nothing. I tried and I would think about it. And I'm usually the guy who can come up with a name for something quickly, you know? Um, and so I had a really difficult time. But Carrie, my wife, actually named it. It's the Blue Ribbon uh, E-Commerce and Marketing Mastermind. So uh, Greg, also the same guy, Greg Merrily, studio1design.com.au, designed the logo. It's beautiful. Uh, when the new site rolls out in five or six days, you're going to be able to see the logo for it and stuff. But I'm very happy that I finally come up with a name, and I think that is newsworthy. <laughs> awesome, mate. I'm happy for you. It's when you get a brand that you're happy with. It comes out in everything you do. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked on it, man. I'm stoked. All right, on it. and just so you know, that was me taking a bite of cereal. I eat cereal sometimes yeah. on these podcasts. It's late, man. I'm hungry. Cereal for dinner. So when I uh, interviewed Noah Kagan, he he ate a whole meal while we were on the podcast. It didn't really matter. I think it's as long as you declare it. I've I haven't been eating, but Bob has during this podcast. Man, we've got to tell them about Bob on the next episode. Bob's cool. He'll come into the house now. Which is absolutely insane when, I mean, I can't even hardly believe that he could comes into the house. But we'll save Bob for the next episode. We've got to remember because people are going to be upset if we don't talk about yeah, Bob. Remind us if we forget. Huh. So uh, you wanted to do your weekly willpower wager? Yes. Now, what have you started on in the last month that you've now given up on? Why did you give up on it? Go back and have a look at that. Have a look at some things that you started that you gave up on and – if you gave up on any of those things because you just felt like it was too much work or you weren't good enough or you weren't skilled enough, pick one of them. And then it doesn't matter what it is. It could be that you started learning graphic design or knitting. Like Pick that thing up and dedicate 30 minutes a day to it for the next week. And come back to us and let us know how you went with that thing that you had previously given up on that you are now going to 
put 30 minutes a day into for seven days. I'd be very curious to see how far you get with it. Yeah, and have a look at the reason why. Uh, it might give you an indicator why you gave it up. And um, have a look at the habit that you have of starting things. See what causes the on-ramp and then why does, there, why does it just stop? Because if you can fix that, you have uh, – well, actually, I'll reword that. When you fix that, when you make an adjustment to your starting habits, it will help you with your continuation habits. Absolutely. All right. Here we are in one of the most uh, – one of the, I'm not going to say funnest because there's not a, not a word. One of the most fun – I did say funnest. One of the most fun parts of the show, which is where we talk to you. We really actually talk to you. So first guy – who left us a message is a guy called Joshua Liston, and he uh, called in through SpeakPipe, or he went to our blog, and he clicked on a little SpeakPipe icon and left us a message. So we're going to roll that tape now. Hey, James and Ezra. It's Josh here from RiverinaIM.com and uh, soon to be BraverByTheDay.com. I just wanted to say thank you guys for uh, everything you do and just uh, something that hasn't really come up but I think would be an awesome topic to cover. And that's, I remember from, I think, episode four, James mentioned The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco. Now, I won't go into too much about what I think about that book, but I kind of use it as a filter for other material that I bring into my world from the business world. And now I'm using your podcast as a similar filter because you guys are both so knowledgeable, so human, so approachable, and you cover such a broad range of topics that I find that I uh, think I get is an awesome filter for things that I hear in other audios and other podcasts, and I make a judgment from there. So I just wanted to say uh, thanks to that, guys, and you're providing me a really good platform for when, from where I guess I judge uh, the value of the material I get from other places. So it's uh, Josh. I am Australian, <laughs> just just to uh, reemphasize, and I'll talk yeah, to you so soon. Yeah, so filters are great, and I, I like what Josh was doing there. Thanks for the comment, Josh. It's... Um, Finding reference points that you harmonize with, and I do that too. I've got favorite book authors and business influencers. You probably hear me talk about them occasionally. So someone, someone's going to say, "Which one? What, what books do you? Whatever." You know, like Peter Drucker, for example, or um, or Jay Abraham. A- any of their sort of materials I gravitate towards, and I mine out. I sort of strip mine their entire catalog of everything I can find on them and research around them because they lead to other places. So, uh, when I bought the, uh, a book from Timothy Ferris, then that led me to the um, Charles Munger mental models in one of the chapters. And from the Charles Munger mental models, it sort of helped me with the Warren Buffett and then the investment stuff. So... You know, following the leads from people who you trust is a great starting point uh, or a filter, as you've put it. So, well done and great. Good on you, Aussie. And yeah, thanks. Well, I mean, because I was trying to call him British at one point. Um, that's why he's saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, thanks for explaining that because I didn't fully understand what he, was, what he meant by that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's, how, we, that's how I get, mo- I mean, that's what I, I found my way to you that same way, you know, so... Um, very cool. All right. Joshua on the podcasting episode says, fantastic episode. It was awesome to hear that even in person and entirely live, you guys still have such great rapport. Thanks so much, lads. Thanks, Joshua. Really appreciate that. And check out the, uh, ma- uh, the products page to see some more of those antics. Um, I think that's probably our best our best rep- although the podcast is pretty good too, but thank you for that comment. Right. Uh, Michelle was commenting on the podcasting episode as well. That, that was the live one we did. Hi, guys. Speaking of podcasts and John Lee Dumas, this morning he interviewed Cowie Simplicity. You'll have to forgive me if I've pronounced that wrong, who came up with this new product, Banana, an organic snack bar that apparently is the equivalent to eating five bananas. Sounds right up your alley, Ezra. <laughs> what, what could she be wait, referring to there? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So there's a, someone who came up with a new product called Banana? Because you can't the, really call it. Ba, ba, banana. Barnana. Uh, that's very clever. Barnana. Yeah. That's clever. Well, um, dude, I don't want five bananas. I'm done with bananas. I'm, I'm over the banana phase of my life. <laughs> You've had your fill. You've eaten enough to last a lifetime or two. I really, really have had too many bananas in my life. But very cool. Uh, thank you for finding mean, – of course, someone would find a bar that has five bananas in it to give to me. That's, you, you, did, you stunned me once with your answer to a question I asked you about that. 
when you were at my place. I said, what possessed you to eat 20-something bananas in the first place? And you said, do you remember what you said? I have no idea. No, you said, I'm gullible. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, that's tremendously honest. That's refreshing honesty. And, uh, And you know what? You think you're wising up now. Think you're wising up? Yeah, uh, in that in that regard, sure, you know. But that's true. I, I am willing. I am very willing to be sold on something. If you've got something good, man, I will take it. So, so you know, I'm not like I am. I will. If new information, we've talked about this. If new information comes in that is better than the information I currently have, I am willing to consider that. Now, 28 bananas a day turned out to not be better information than what I had before, but. Uh, I did go with. I've got other influences. I've got a friend called Sammy Skeptic, and Sammy's uh, approach to everything is to discount it at first glance and then to let the proof build up uh, with a scientific process. So between you two, I've got a nice middle ground where I'm pretty open-minded, but I'm also curious. That's why the first thing I did when you mentioned the topic of this episode is go and look it up because I want to know. I want to know, and if. Let's face it. If it's on Wikipedia, well, it's got to be true. Th- yeah, that's true. I mean, I was kidding. I'm joking. Whoa. <laughs> but stick to it. <laughs> okay, so, actually have a word. so anyway, yeah. <laughs> Merriam-Webster is a little more reliable. So, all right. What else we got? Carol on the episode on the relationship episode. Which, by the way, if you haven't listened to the relationship episode, that has been our, uh, one of our most um, widely shared and highly. Um, uh, touted and 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 you know positively fed back episodes that we've had. So check it out. Hey guys, I enjoyed this episode and the length is fantastic. Now, if you could only do two to three a week, just kidding. Need time to implement. Anyways, takeaways each week. Thank you ever so much. Thanks, Carol. Um, we uh, we can't pull off two to three, but we are committed to doing one a week. Nice. I was thinking uh, this morning. I woke up and the iPhone battery had died. And I guessed the time, and I was thinking about my relationship with time. I know we've covered relationship and time in separate episodes. My dad doesn't use a, an alarm clock. He just thinks about the time he wants to go to sleep, wake up, and he just does it. Yeah, it's worth talking about at some point because I, I, it fascinates me, my relationship with time. I actually have programmed myself from back in the car dealership days when a customer would walk into the showroom. We were, we were taught that, that is a, there's a silent alarm screaming above the door that won't stop until someone goes to talk to that person so that like as the the minutes that they were being ignored the decay was setting in and the chances of a sale were reducing and I, I went to buy something yesterday and i was standing in the shop for quite some time until someone would even acknowledge that i existed and then when when they finally you know we had to go and drag them away from their comfortable little counter to help me buy something from them i thought this is all around the wrong way they should be eager. But anyway, my relationship to time is, um, you know, is quite tuned in. I'm really tuned in to, to uh, time that I wake, time that I go to sleep, time that's idle or wasted, uh, not doing something effective, and, uh, and even time that I rec- recreate where I just read or do, switch off or meditate or whatever. Uh, so that, anyway, let's move on. Michelle on relationship. <laughs> uh, relationship, that's relationship, the singular there. Uh, boy, I've copped some stick about that this week from my comedian friend. I've popped this. Awesome. Did he listen to the episode? Oh, yeah. He, he said uh, he listened to the whole thing and at the end he said, yeah, I could do better. <laughs> no, he didn't really. But I think he'll give it a crack. I'm going to try and find an excuse for a podcast with my comedian friend because I think that would be fun. I've popped this podcast on while I'm tidying up my office slash art room and you started talking about how our environment reflects our inner minds. You guys are always right on topic. You know, what's funny about this one is I do believe that this is the very same Michelle who suggested the topic of relationships. Uh, oh, so that's, that's synchronicity. Yeah, so I think she, you know, she created that for herself. Now, I want to go back, and she's awesome. I've emailed back and forth her a little bit. Um, has a cool website. Makes, the, uh, makes a bunch of um, 
makes these homes. She's cre- creative. She's very creative. And we should mention her website at some point. I can't remember exactly what it is now, but on the next one. I will tell you, though, I want to go back to this thing you were talking about standing around in the store. What I've noticed, now that I have a business that is based on uh, some level of communication with people, whereas you know, e-commerce businesses, they come to your site and they can just buy. And if they want to communicate with you, it's through live chat or whatever. Um, in, in the case of like my mastermind, for example, or my, my services business off, off the smart marketer, if I let, if someone emails me and I don't respond for a few days, I have a much less likely chance of making that sale than I do if I respond immediately. So I think that's just an interesting, Correct. yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. It's called decay rate. We were taught that with follow-up. Every day you leave it to 50%. It's incredible. If you're hot, if you're hot about something today, like at the moment I'm just purchasing a new server and uh, every day that I leave it, from the time the guy's sort of, yeah, ready to go, if I were to not follow up for a while, then by the end of the week, I mean, wouldn't be that motivated about it. But when I'm in the moment, that's the best time for them to strike. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an important thing to think about in relationship to your business and in relationship to whatever you're doing. That, And we've talked about this, that now really is the best time to do something when you are inspired to do it or at least get it started when you've got that inspiration going. Um, and in relationship to sales, when someone is expressing interest, by all means, talk to them immediately. Yes, that's, that you've got to strike while the iron is hot, so to speak. Let's roll with it. You read this one. All right, Alan Fawcett. On the, and Alan, by the way, said that he'd love to come to the uh, Hawaii retreat. He's going to see if he can sort that out. Um, hey, guys. Once again, this episode is right on topic. I'm all about creating connections that count by understanding and analyzing the quality of the relationships that we have and establish the action we need to develop, enhance, or even cut the ones that are not serving us. These relationships and connections can be with people, places, and things. As you've said during this episode of Think, Act, Get, it all starts with your internal relationship and connection to yourself, the lessons you learn, the choices you make, and the decisions that you act on that have brought you to the place you are now. Thanks for sharing your stories and perspective of connections on my podcast as well. Side note, we have both been on Alan's podcast. It is much appreciated, which is called the Infinite Pie Podcast, by the way. As for the length, I thought it was spot on, and I personally feel that if the content is quality, the length is always right. Nice. Thanks, Alan. Well, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Infinite Pie Podcast, I did an episode with Alan that was uh, pretty freaky, man. It was really about... It was some. It was it was pretty out there, and it was enjoyable. And if you're, you know, if you like tag, you're gonna like that episode. We'll have to listen to that. Alan was trying to wind us up to compete with each other, but I said it's not like that. Yeah, he was. I saw that. I saw. Yeah, I don't fight episodes don't, and all that stuff. To me, I, I'm like, dude, if you think you can manipulate me with a child, childish schoolyard taunt, that's that's just not my bag. I, do, I don't respond to the same sort of testosterone technology that would normally work on the, the typical guy i don't care like i said i don't care if ezra gets more downloads than me i want him to have more downloads i want the whole podcast to be successful so it was an interesting angle yeah well, i don't think his intention was malicious no of course not but i think he he's tactic was mainstream and i it doesn't work on me it it made it actually repelled me i didn't want to yeah it made it. you a bit bitter i no, can I'm feel like, that F- that i'm there's no way i'm going to be driving traffic to someone's podcast because he's taunted me that someone might beat me that's that's not how competition works oh do you so you think so this is an interesting thing to talk about here because i didn't realize that the goal that his goal in, in, in posting those was to actually get you to drive more people back to your episode. That's how I interpret it. It's like, well, oh, Ezra's going to beat me. Well, we'll show him. I'm going to drive more traffic to the Interesting. website. Interesting. But um, I'm like, I didn't read it that way. That, would, yeah, that doesn't feel good at all. Oh, well, how else would you? I don't you know. I just thought he was playing around. Hey, guys, you know, you go, I, 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 didn't even re- <laughs> I didn't even read into it. I didn't even consider. Now, Alan might have a completely different take. He may have intended something different at all. And I'm not saying that uh, it was a bad attempt. Like, you don't ask, you don't get. But it does, that tactic doesn't work on me, is all I'm I, saying. I, I don't operate to normal. I have like a that. feeling we'll be hearing from Alan on his. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to be horribly <laughs> upset. But I'm saying that that uh, well, I mean, he tuned into my competitive nature, right. but at the same time, 
it's it's just not valuable enough for me to be going out of my way to drive a lot of traffic to his podcast. But you've done it here on the podcast in a different way. You've highlighted his podcast. You've mentioned it. People will inevitably go and um, look at it off the back of our podcast. So he's got the result that way versus the way that he tried on Twitter with me. So there's more, there's more than one way to skin a cat, I guess, is the outcome of this. And, uh, and know your target audience as best you possibly can to get the best result. Absolutely. Errol uh, was one of, our, one, one of our longtime listeners on the episode, on the relationship episode, says, thanks, guys. Great show. I'm going through my cupboards and getting rid of all my old stuff. And, man, it feels great. If your show goes on longer... That's fine with me. This stuff is gold. I love it. I love that we that people are actually getting rid of stuff because I think stuff weighs you down. And I think that if we've been an inspiration for some people to rid themselves of some of their stuff, then I'm awesome. And everyone should go listen to George Carlin. Uh, you should listen to George Carlin's rant on stuff. He does a comedy routine on stuff, and it's hilarious and so to the point. Nice. Okay. Have you have you seen that one? No, but could you send me a link? We'll put it in the show notes. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a link to it. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. All right. So we up to the quotes section. We are. We are. We are. All right. Think about it. You've got to do your special voice here. Do I have one to think about it for this one? So how do I do this one? Um, think. I don't even know, man. It's it's been a while. You day. go. Okay, it's time for think about it. That's how you normally do it. <laughs> that was amazing. That was a pretty <laughs> good American accent. I got to say, no, that no, was just my Ezra ever done. That was pretty <laughs> epic, dude. All right, all right. So, time for think about it. All right, this is where you get to give me a quote, and then I see if I agree or disagree. That's the main challenge. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one, come on, man. All right. Come on. Okay. Give, just give this one a shot. All right. In the realm of ideas, everything depends on enthusiasm. In the real world. All rests on perseverance. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Now, I don't agree with that, so I'm just going to say I would rather replace it with a better one. I'll go with the, I'll go with the Peter Drucker, uh, even though it's not on topic, but it's, um, it's about doing the right things. So you could have stick to as much as you want. If you're doing the wrong things, it ain't worth jack shit. So if you're going to have stick to be sure that you are doing the right things. They've just made up a hybrid quote. James Shramko. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you say your name at the end of it. Well, yeah. fair enough. You know, you. I've never made up a quote before that I can recall, so that's my first. It's because, you know, we're on that slippery slope. We've at least we're, we've lifted up a notch from our famous country singers quotes from last time or whatever. It was Jennifer Aniston. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, Deeply that was more talented and, and philosophical um, because I knew that you'd flip out when you saw it. Which it was awesome. beautiful. It was awesome. Um, all right. So uh, this one's by Thomas Edison, and he says that the three great essentials to achieve anything that are worthwhile. So to achieve anything that's worthwhile, you need these three things: hard work, stick to itiveness, and common sense. And I think that. Um, I think he's got a, a fair point there that those are, those are three things. I think you probably need some other stuff too, but I think without those three things, you probably will not uh, achieve anything that's worthwhile, like he says. So, you know, you've, probably, you know, you've, you've already, in my opinion, achieved something that is worthwhile just by being who you are because there's no one like you. Let's face it. We all think we're the coolest, and we are, but there really is no one like you, and you have, you've already achieved that, and so um, I think you've already achieved something worthwhile, but... Thomas Edison apparently did not. <laughs> well, Thomas Edison was a bit of a dude. I'm, I'm happy with the Thomas Edison quote. That's cool. Sweet, man. I got good. At least I got one of these that works. Oh, it's, good. it's good to discuss. All right. So, in summary, this has been another Think, Act, Get episode, which is all about mindset, behavior, results. And the focus is, of course, to improve your life and business. So, everything that we're doing is directed at you, our listener. We hope that our crazy discussion on what I thought was a made-up word but isn't, stick to shows how ignorant I am. Uh, it's pretty much the opposite of magic easy button that you see everywhere. We're talking about dogged perseverance, tenacity. stick to is a much more valuable skill than pure talent. Pure talent will get you in the door and get you to a certain level. And, and, and you might as well also say, let's like wing it. 
But at whatever you are doing, when it comes to reaching that real level of success in any endeavor, you've got to have stick to itiveness. It'd be great if you had both. But in a way, stick to itiveness is your talent for being talented. I don't really understand that, as you might have to explain. That. I'll explain that one real quick. Yeah. So it's your talent for being talented. And what that means is it's the thing that will have you consistently be good at things. It's what it takes to get good at something is sticking to it. So you can be talented. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my version of this would be like Araldite. You know that glue where you have two things and you mix it together and it, and it works and makes something really strong? Yes. Yeah. So if you've got talent and stick to itiveness and you squeeze them down the tube at the same time and mix it together, then you've got Araldite. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree with that. But if you don't have talent, even if you're lame at something, you can still get proficient and good enough to be successful. I've experienced that many times in my life. So I think that it's not, talent is not a necessary ingredient in success. Really? No, not at all. Give dude. me an example. Anything, right? I was the most. I was the. I have no hand-eye coordination, right? I am. I don't. I can't color. I almost got held back in second grade because I couldn't color in between the lines. That is a true story. However, I learned how to play the ukulele, and it took a lot of freaking sticking to it and a lot of really hard work. But now, but so you do have some talent at the ukulele. Well, now I do because I worked really hard at it, but I was terrible. So you're saying, you're, so you're saying your main talent was stick to That's what I'm saying is that I, I did what it took to get good at it by just practicing. Gotcha. And, and by the way, okay. we should do that so, in the next fast, fast Web Formula 5. I'll play the ukulele. Well, I've got a ukulele. You say if you have no talent, then you might as well pick stick to as your best weapon. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right. Good. Let's hang it up on that one, bro. <laughs> you read the last bit. Oh, man. Okay. Stick to What is it? How are you leveraging it? How is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Thank you. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.